Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Friday, January 29th, 2016. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, the only union screen printer in Boston. Go to beantownathletics.com right now. That's beantownathletics.com. Or give them a call at 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. Beantown Athletics is also home of the best skate shopping in New England. So grab your skates, swing by the shop on Granite Avenue, Dorchester. There is plenty of parking out back, and make sure you tell them I sent you. And with spring training right around the corner, your local softball league, I know you're in one. You can come to Beantown Athletics and get a customized team uniform for your softball league or any team that you have coming up in the spring. I know, we have a lot of time here in the winter. Still still some snow to fall, you know it, but right now is the time to get ahead of the game and get your softball uniform or anything that you're doing in the springtime. BeantownAthletics.com. Joining me in studio today, Brian McGonigal, also known as Rear Admiral from Boston Sports and BostonSports.com. Bri, thanks for joining me today. Anytime, Dan. T-G-I-F-F. You play, you play softball? You need a uniform? I have um, Team uniform? I do not currently. I haven't played softball since intramurals in college. Uh, baseball wasn't uh, particularly my sport growing up. I couldn't hit for shit. Um, so, I, 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 yeah, softball, college. I, I didn't even get the obligatory, like, after college, fr- friends call you for their beer league team because, uh, you know, I wasn't known for my baseball prowess. So, but I, I do encourage all, if you do got your uniforms, to certainly come down to uh, Bean Town. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. There's the plug. Here, here at Granite Avenue. Uh, you didn't and, have to give that plug. Nah, well, you know, these guys, <laughs> it's a great shop. They do great work. Uh, and, and you always want to support, you know, your local community um, businesses, but, you know, especially here in Dorchester. It's good to have a local business in the city because they're dying left and right. We, we're losing them every other week. Yeah, um, so yeah. it's good to uh, have local business and to support local well, business. Well, you know what's funny? Every time I drive down Broadway, it looks different. There's a new store. I yeah. turn left, I turn right, I go, wait, what it's, the fuck is that? It's fucking crazy. What man. is that? It's crazy. It's, but, you know, <laughs> it's, we're becoming Manhattan and San Fran, uh, you know, the city of haves and have nots and, you know, squeezing out the lifeblood of, uh, of what's been the, well, what's been the lifeblood of the city. And, you know, I've been watching this, it's been 30 years it's been going on. It, it is what it is. And, you, you know, can't, you can't, you can't stop my, one of my biggest gripes with 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 it and whatever change cities change that's what they do i mean we know it wasn't going to be uh, in a boston irish catholic kingdom forever uh but the fucking abortion at the seaport is man it's they had that place had such potential like if they were you know first off to put a stadium there which obviously wasn't going to happen whether it would be baseball or football okay mm-hmm. that that ship sailed but, you know, and then when Menino was mayor, he kind of held it hostage because you got to kiss the ring to get work done when he was in charge. And now since Walsh has t- taken over, it's like whoever's got the money can slap up a building. And it looks terrible. I mean, they, they needed a grand plan for that area to have this design with some symmetry, some just like look like it was planned. Now it's just slapdick. It's just slap a building here. I mean, mm-hmm. they had the courthouse, the Institute of Contemporary Art. Uh, and then just whoever's got the money is slapping up a building now, and it just looks awful. Like when you drive down Northern Like Ave, next to Atlantic Beer Garden, Whiskey Priest. That, from there. Those places. Yes, that, that whole, you know, basically between the courthouse and like the World Trade Center there. Mm-hmm. That, it's just it's just an eyesore. Like if you're on a boat in the harbor and you look at it, it's like it had such 
potential. Like where Jimmy's used to be, you know, the, the legal. Uh, that uh, side is, down that's there. That beautiful. side is good. That that's side's a, that's great. beautiful. That was perfect. They should have had a plan to do something like that to keep it. Like I said, there's some symmetry to it. Just it, it's just ugly. It's it, it it was a great opportunity to really do something iconic for the city, and they fucking dropped the ball collectively. I'm not pinning it on one mayor or the other, whoever. The city collectively has dropped the ball at that area, and it just it just sucks. That they really squandered mm-hmm. an opportunity. Of course, now it, you know it, it's just it's becoming a city of overpriced condos and. And whatever, and it's it's it it whatever it is what it is. Well, dude, they know? might. Hey, you know what? They might extend last call. That's what I read. And that's yesterday. And that's the funny part is now you know the mayor certainly catered to the the you know so many young people in the city like compared to you know thirty years ago and they're more families. And it, you, it's ironic that you know he's well, it's not a secret. He's in AA. He don't drink. He hasn't drank in years, and there's more booze available in the city than there's ever been, and more stuff for late night to do. Um, which yeah, it's good. I mean, it increases uh, tax income. What it does, it does a lot of economic stimulus for the city. Uh, but the, you know, the whole pot dispensary thing, he's, he's against. It's like so you can you know booze. You can go and get drunk and all the all the corresponding bullshit that comes with that. There's more of that, but you still can't. People who want to still get you know medicine for anxiety or cancer or whatever they want or need it for, you can't get in the city and in the whole gateway drug thing. That's that's you know that's. A, a, a proven bullshit excuse. So, you know, I, I wish that that aspect would come into the 21st century because, you know, it's it's not to mention the tax money that this the state squandered. I mean, th- you know, three or four years ago, the the people in this state uh, voted for it, for you know, uh, medicinal marijuana, and you still I think there's one dispensary in the state. And you look at Colorado and the, the money they make that is able to fix their roads and help their schools and do all this stuff. Do you think that's going to change? Uh, it should. I don't know what the delay is. I mean, it, you know, it's 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 here. I mean, pe- I mean, honestly, like, yeah, it's no secret that you know, it's, I, I use it for medicine on occasion, and it, there's always a market for it. And, and, and there's always a side, a black market for it. It's been there for for, for, for since grass has been there. It's it's billions of dollars that get spent that the city does the city the state doesn't get their hands and they don't get their cut of because they take some bullshit moralistic approach that 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 counters the fact that they you know you can get fucking beer in a thousand more places than you could uh, 10 years ago in the city which i have no problem with but you know let's stop fucking demonizing weed here you know it's mm-hmm. 2016 I, th- I think the evidence is in you know well one thing we can't complain about is shoveling because it, I don't mean to jinx it, but yeah. did I just get, jinx it? Did I do the, it? Get with that shit. <laughs> uh, the snow is melting on the ground. What's it, 45 degrees out next week? It's going to be 55 here in Boston. The one thing we can't complain about, and, and usually this time of year, if I have you on the show, you know, me and you are both just up in arms about some crazy shoveling story where somebody didn't, uh, you know, shovel out their spot, but yet still put a chair in it, or maybe vice versa, where there's not enough snow on the ground to put a, a chair or a cone or a, a garbage barrel in a spot and they still do it even though they drive out of the spot with two inches of snow we don't have that to complain about yeah. right now uh, yeah in late I, january well actually i had a little of that even though we got very oh, little do? last week i'm not i'm not yeah it was we only got like five inches the other and, day and you know there was, you know i i live on a street where it's not it's not it doesn't have a number a letter on it so a lot of people are kind of real old school and no one seems to come on come on the street and to move a cone or whatever but it, you know, it was one car. I mean, they didn't shovel a fucking thing. They just pulled out and, you know, uh, put a car. It's like, you Can't know, do at, it. at least, you know, Can't I mean, when it. I do it, I move my car and I take every drop of snow and then I put rock salt on it. It's mm-hmm. clean as anything if, if you know, 
But other, but, but whatever. Yeah, it's like I don't want to talk. About, I don't want to talk about that shit until we fucking have to, because it gets so. Well, you got to earn you know? your spot. Exactly. You got to earn Ab- your spot. Absolutely, no I'll, doubt about I'll, it. At some point, it, and it won't be me jinxing it. At some point, yeah, we're gonna, yeah, it's we're fucking, gonna have that it, conversation. It's New England. We but, still got February and March. Uh, so let's not fool yeah, ourselves. We, we can't do it yet. We, we, you watch the debates, the debate last night. I say debates because there were two things going on. Trump didn't show up to the debate. They, we'll get to some hockey, but I just gotta <laughs> ask you, you know, because I usually begin this show every day. What I watched last night right. and react to it, and and last night there was no hockey on. We're at the All Star break. Yeah. Um. I don't know if you're watching NBA last night. No. I, I'm not paying attention to any Pro Bowl news that no. we have. Couldn't kill us. Um. But we had an interesting situation where Trump doesn't show up to the Republican debate, and he does his own thing somewhere else a couple minutes down the road in Iowa. Did you watch? Either of those two no. things? No, I watched the first one or two debates, and, and only because of you know because I because I hit Trump because he's such a a wild card, loose cannon, peck ahead, whatever you want to call him. He puts asses <laughs> in the seats, like because he's kind of has that Howard Stern, you don't know what he's gonna say next kind of thing going yeah. on. Um, but by now, it's not that the debates are just a joke. It's like a dog and pony show. I mean. You know, a lot of the views, a lot of those the guys, are the candidates are espousing, espousing kind of counter, you know, a lot of things in America in 2016. You know, like, I don't understand that you can be running for president in this in this day and age and, and still be opposed to gay marriage. And how do you not see the writing on the wall? To me, I mean, I compare it to like George Wallace in the 60s when, you know, he was opposed to uh, interracial marriage. It was, you know, law in Alabama and it was on the books and well, many other places too. And it was the same argument. It was, you know, miscegenation. It, they were referring to the Bible and that was their reason. And that's the same reason people, you know, uh, it's the same ideology today that they're, you know, opposing to uh, adults in love getting married. And it's just like, you know, it, it, and it's, you know, how in this day and age you think you can have those views and still think that, you know, you, you should be the leader of the country. I mean, it's not even liberal democrat it's like kind of anti-american to me it's just like you know two people that want to get married want to get and you're telling them they can't based on your views that those people don't live by so i i'm just kind of like you know a lot of the rhetoric and bullshit i'm, I'm kind of past and, and the other thing is too like you know these guys and obviously don't, I, I shouldn't have to say it but of course i have the utmost respect for our military i got tons of you know tons of military in my family i got a great great uncle in fucking Arlington national cemetery so uh, you know these guys love to fucking, you know, masturbatory language about the military. Mm. Yet not one guy on that fucking stage last mm. night thought so much of the military that to join it. You know, and it's kind of like, you know, they, they talk about swinging this big, mil- oh, we'll bomb this and bomb that. And it's like, you none of you guys even fucking join the military. Yeah. It's like, you know, they use this like as a cudgel. And it's like, you know, if one of them had gone to fucking Vietnam or somewhere else, they wouldn't be so eager to. I mean, you, you, you read the quotes of, you know, guys like Eisenhower who were in war and, what they have to say about it after. And it's like the last fucking thing they want to do is, is do that again, you know? You know what I don't understand is, why do they need so many debates? And, and I think that plays into why Trump didn't show up. I mean, at this point, all the same questions are asked. All the same topics uh, are brought up, right? Uh, by yeah. people asking the questions. Yeah. It's like they've answered everything. We know where they stand. Some have contradicted themselves along the way. But I think that's what's going to happen. The more you just keep having these debates, asking the same questions, I think Trump's already did his own thing. He likes to steal the spotlight. I will say this. I'm not going to sit here and get all political on you most of the time because I'm, I'm just not really focused on that a lot. But, but in a situation like this last night, I was kind of focused on it. And that just goes into what Trump brings to the table. But I'm watching his little, you know, event that he had a couple miles down the road. And 
they were protesters yelling, and he, he stops talking, he looks up at him. I feel like he's in a WWE ring shooting a promo. Exactly. Like, it's like performance art. It, that's what it is. It, and it's, he's, he has the media eating out of his hands so bad. I mean, he's dictating what Fox fucking news is doing, okay? And however you feel about Fox News as a, as a network or whatever, that's irrelevant. It's... It's they're, they're a major news corporation, and he is dictating the terms to them, and mm-hmm. that's it's hysterical. It's funny. It's it's you know it shows how, how you know how much they're kissing his ass and how much he's calling the shots right now. And, and whether you're voting for him or not, uh, I, I I'm a registered independent. I, I don't vote along party lines. I, I you know I go on the candidate, and and I'm probably going to pull an independent lever, do a write in, and legit one election a few years ago, I legit voted in Kodos from The Simpsons. <laughs> Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. <laughs> Legit voted in Kodos. So I, I'm not going one way or the other. But I think wow. Trump, Trump's been good um, because he's held a mirror up to America, you know, uh, to show, you know, a- exactly how people do think. Again, whether you agree with it or not, yeah. and, you know, there's a lot of extremism in some of the things he says. But it's good because it's, it's kind of, okay, this is where we're at. Because after uh, Obama got elected, a, a lot of people deluded themselves in a, oh, we're past race. And it's like... No, you know, this is America. Like, you know, race is built into our DNA, whether we like it or not. Um, you know, it was a slave-owning country. We had a civil war over slavery. It's just something that's baked into our country that, unfortunately, is probably never going to go away in our lifetimes. It's just always going to be here. And, you know, he his campaign, his comments, whatever, the, the, the feedback, the reaction to that— it's, I mean, on one hand, it's eye-opening to some people. Uh, on another hand, it just confirms what a lot of people already suspected and knew, that, you know, we really haven't made a lot of progress as a country. We have in some regards, and in other regards, it's just always going to be there. It's just people are just uh, going to view the world different all the time, and with that matters, of, you know, racial matters and identity and whatever, and it's just, uh, you know, like I'm, you know, I mean, we're in Boston, like we're no strangers to it. I, like I said on the show before, we're, we're past a lot of it. I, I think things have uh, changed. I think they're better here than they are in a lot of other parts of the country. Um, but it's just something that's that's just always going to uh, gonna be in the air in this country. And, and again, it, it's it's the history. It's it's baked into to this country. If it was a pie, it, you know, racial disharmony was one of the ingredients. So. Did you know that Donald Trump is in the WWE Hall of Fame? How much did that cost him? I don't know. Hey, he's in it. He was in the ring, I believe, shaving Vince McMahon's head one night. I hope Mr. T is. Is Mr. T in the Is he? He's got to be. Yeah, I mean, oh, he's yeah. de- I don't have the entire list of the Hall of Fame right now. I'll tell you who isn't anymore, Hulk Hogan. They erased him from the entire— If you went to WWE.com right now, you wouldn't even know Hulk Hogan existed. Was his sex tape that bad? No, it wasn't a sex— <laughs> oh, right. I, I thought maybe you didn't know what was going on with the Hulkster. You do know what's going on with the Hulkster. He had the racial tirade a couple of years ago, and it just came out. Oh, that, yeah, 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 yeah. they said, you're done. And he was actually part of the company. He was doing things. He was in the ring, and they said, you're out. You're done. They erased him from the website, from the history books, took him out of the Hall of Fame. Wow, I didn't know to that extent. Yeah, Um, yeah. They they haven't taken Trump out yet. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, (laughs) you know, it it just goes to show you 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 can use euphemisms all day long, and, you know, because they can kind of be interpreted different ways, but... When you cut to straight to the chase like the Hulkster did, uh, you know, they, they, they're going to they're gonna hang you on that, you know? Um, I won't sit here and talk politics all day because people don't really want to hear that from me no. and you. They want to hear about uh, the NHL at the All-Star break, and that's where we are at. And yesterday, there was a story that came out 
No, we knew the story, the John Scott story. But mm-hmm. in the Players' Tribune, we've seen so many great pieces yep. in the Players' Tribune from these guys. We saw Ryan Whitney's piece, yep. uh, him playing in Russia yeah, uh, a couple weeks ago. Stuff. That was great. And um, we have John Scott yesterday coming out and talking about how they told him he was traded and he went into his history, how he got started in the NHL, and that at the end of the day, this all-star appearance and getting voted in it it means an awful lot to him, even though at first he did say, take it, you know, this is too much, guys, don't vote for me, vote for my team. He enjoyed what was going on with Phoenix. They're a team that, again, if the playoffs began today here at the All-Star break, the, I say Phoenix, the Arizona right. Coyotes <laughs> right. would be in the playoffs with 53 points, being in third place in the Pacific Division. He was enjoying that. And as he pointed out, look, you know, for a team that is in a playoff race and enforcer just doesn't, doesn't get moved. Right, right? exactly. I mean, right. it just doesn't happen. So there's a method to their madness in the NHL. And, and not only did it get moved, he was sent right down to the minor leagues Disgusting. with the Canadians organization. Basically, the move was made to prevent him from playing in this mm. All-Star game. Now, since all that has transpired and people put up a stink, which they should have, he will play in the All-Star game. They have, they have said he will play in this game. Uh, your reaction to the entire John Scott situation, his story that he wrote yesterday, and the trade that went down that tried to uh, keep him out of this game, but now he will play. I, I want your reaction to all that. No, first off, his piece was tremendous, and all the people kind of like you know it's been a thing anytime uh, uh, the the Players Tribune, which has been mocked since it's come out. And I, I don't know, ghostwriters or not, they've produced some pretty good material from from the athletes. Oh, this story's great. If you well, haven't read it, you need to go read it. Whether they you you know whether they read them out, you know, answer questions, and you know someone puts it, you know, in letter form, form whatever. The stuff they they've come out with some good shit. And I, I really, I you know, yesterday everyone was kind of oh yeah, like John Scott wrote that. It's like, did you not read the fucking thing? He's an engineering guy. He's a smart guy. Like yeah, I, he probably wrote ninety five percent of that by himself, and mm-hmm. probably had some of it, you know, like anything edited, like anyone has it. You know, the guy's no dummy, and everyone was like, oh, like, you know, shitting on him like he wrote it. So anyways, I thought it was fucking disgusting with the NHL, uh, Phoenix, and, and Montreal colluded to do. And I wonder if the union's going to, like, get, uh, probably not because they've got bigger fish to fry, but you know, I wonder if they're going to get involved because that is collusion, man. It's one thing if two teams collude together, but to have the fucking NHL come in and orchestrate uh, a trade from a team they used to own and the Coyotes with – the, the marquee franchise, the Canadians mm-hmm. doing dirty work for him. It's fucking disgusting, man. Like, to what? To not let this guy play in a game, which who cares? How many guys have played in the All-Star game who didn't deserve it in any sport? And it, it, to do what? Because he fights? Because you allow it. You're the, the only league in this fucking planet that allows it, which I'm pro-fighting, don't get me wrong. But now it's not good because... Because it's the All Star game, get the fuck out of here! You you had your stupid internet rules. Where yeah, you, it's the you rules. Know, you they, let, you, they made the rules exactly. You let him get fucking elected. You it's on you. So fucking honor it. Big like and and then like I don't, I would love to know what executive and it wouldn't surprise me if it was the chief fucking one Batman said, "Oh, your daughter's yeah. gonna be." Or you yeah. would you your daughter? You shit me asking me your daughter's gonna be proud. It's like. He already plays the game. Of course, the, like, what, like what, who are who you do you go there? Do, do who you the think, fuck do you think you ought to go there? Are you thinking of anybody who asked that question? Like, do you have someone in mind who you think asked that? I wouldn't be surprised if it was Bettman. Like, uh, Puck Daddy, Wyshynski noted, like, you know, he said right away, I didn't think it was. He goes, but when um, Bettman suspended Sean Avery, he referenced his kids in the, in the okay. statement. So, again, it could be it's anybody. consistent to what Bettman's been right. saying you know, to some but of these players. Regardless if it was him yeah. or Colin Campbell or whoever, it's a shit thing to say to a guy. Absolutely. After they fucked him like they, you know, like that, to, 
take take him off a team, and he, he's done nothing wrong. And they, you know, they, they just made him. Uh, it's incredible. They made him a sympathetic figure in you know the you know biggest, for lack of a better word, goon, a tough guy in the league. And, and it's like you have everybody you know sort of feeling bad for him and. Uh, it's just it's disgusting, man. What, what they what they did, the way the whole the NHL is treated. The, the I guess guy. the way I react is, like, who the fuck does the NHL think they are? Like, do they think they're the mafia? They're like trying to get rid of a guy who's gonna make their product look bad, so bury him somewhere. Like, what what do you think you do? I don't understand what you're doing. These are your rules. You just said it. These are your internet voting rules. You might not like it, but don't. You know, don't take the player out of the game and trade him and change his lifestyle. I didn't know his wife was nine months pregnant with twins. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, come on. Yeah. You got to look into this yeah. shit at the same time. Yeah. What are you doing? It, it, because of an all-star game? Give me a break. It does. It has to be Bettman that would say that to John Scott. When And if you don't know what he said, if you didn't read it, someone in the NHL said to John Scott, you know, would your kids be proud of you yeah. because of this? Yeah. For going and, to an all-star game, I got and, fucking and, voted and into And what it, I'd know? like to know, not just... I, 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 this was obviously not said in person, right? Uh, I, 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 was it said in person? Because if it was said, no, in, I think it was over the. I, over he the said phone? the NHL official contacted him, so okay. it's, it, it, I took it as because the, it, over the I phone. don't think this person would have the balls to say that to John Scott in person. That's a pretty ballsy thing to say. And if I'm John Scott, I will never forget that, and I will never forget, uh, you know, that that moment in which that person said that to me. And next time I see him, there's probably going to be. Uh, something going down. You can't say that to somebody, especially when you actually dig a little deeper as to, you know, John Scott's personal life. And then the whole fact that this is somebody, and he points out he battled to get into the NHL. Look, the last couple years, we've knocked this guy for being a goon. Absolutely, For yeah. being an enforcer. Right, right. For being someone that, you know, laid some questionable hits. I mean, we could talk about the one that, that he put on the hit that he put on Louis Erickson Terrible hit. in the middle of the ice, right? He's done some questionable things. He's a big guy. He's an enforcer. He knows his role. He embraces his role. And sometimes in that role, you're going to do some things that we're all going to sit here and question and, and could be, could end up being a uh, suspendable uh, offense. But with that said, when you go into this guy's story, he is very clear to point out, yes, am I going to be one of the worst skaters in this game? Sure. Uh, am I one of the worst skaters in the NHL? Most likely. But I am in the NHL, and I did work my ass off and skate every day since I was three to get here, and you can't take that away from me, and I do want my kids to be proud of that, that I put in that work to be in this game. And you're going to sit there and ask me, are your kids going to be proud of this because of what? An all-star game in which the voting, uh, the rules to this voting, you put in place? You can't, and you're going to change my life over it? It's a joke. Yeah. I don't know what the NHL thinks, how how much power they think they have. They're acting like the fucking mafia like, like right the, now. They're acting like the NFL. Yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> right? They're acting like, is Roger Goodell running the NHL? And, but And, you know, these guys know, we know, yeah, the whole, it's a business part of it, and families do get uprooted. And normally that's fine because that's part of the business. But to have it be under this circumstances is, is deplorable. It's disgusting. And, you know, nothing's going to ha- probably happen out of it because it, it was done uh, not on the up and up, but by the by the rules, supposedly. But, yeah, to take a guy and, and do that to him, it, they did him dirty so bad. And I commend them for coming out and, and sticking up for himself and calling out the NHL and kind of calling out the Coyotes and, and calling out the, the Habs by, you know, not by name, but, you know, by their the affiliation with the with this whole mess. It's, well, he, he, they should send him back to Arizona. Yeah. They should send him back to Arizona. They, I, I mean, they're not going to use him, right? Canadians aren't going to call him up. No, I, I can't imagine. I mean, you, yeah, the, the Montreal are Canadians, they? they're the no. most, they're flou- they've been floundering for a month. <laughs> they're going to put John Scott in the lineup. Like, that's going to that's gonna help them, their offensive woes. No. 
You're, you're right. They, it's almost like they should void the trade, but it, you know, it, I mean, that probably won't happen. No, it, it probably won't. And, and then, and, and if they if they do send them back to Arizona, that's just a confirmation that they fucked it up in the first place. So mm. they just that's the it, that's it might, another, it'll make them look even worse. That's another four egg on four egg omelet on their face if, mm-hmm. if they do that. All know? right. So John Scott, he's going to be in this All Star game. It's going to be three on three. The first game, it's four divisions. And what yeah. nine skaters and two goalies for each team? I you I haven't it's brushed up on like, it yet. Something like yeah. that. But what we know is that the first game is a twenty-minute period of three-on-three play between two divisions in the East. The second period is twenty minutes. It's a game between the two divisions, three-on-three in the West. And the third period is twenty minutes of three-on-three from the winners of the first two periods. How do you feel about the format? Are you excited? I'll tell you how I feel. I. I I'm excited to see how it goes. I think that perhaps it might be a little too much time to have three-on-three play. I I don't know how that's going to work. There are certainly times, as exciting as three-on-three is sometimes in overtime in the regular season, there are some three-on-three periods where I'm going, and they're cycling it in the the zone, and it's the same thing in a circle, and I'm going, I just feel like they need (laughs) four-on-four. I kind of feel like they need a four-on-four here. They need that extra player in the ice. I feel like sometimes it can go on for too long. I Do you get, like this format? Um, I, I we'll find out. I mean, I honestly like there's certain things I can't get too amped up about one way or the other. In all star games, one of them like voting, whatever. I basically every year people complain about it one way or the other. Whatever the format is, you just kind of hope that. But you'll watch. Oh, I'll watch. Yeah, oh. I'll, I'll definitely watch. I'm not, you know, like I'm not, it's not like a hater, but it's just you put it on and you watch it. And every year, like something sucks about it, whether it's too many goals or the way they drafted, the way the teams are done. I mean, yeah, let's let's see how it goes. Is it something mm-hmm. they should do every year? Probably not. But for for right now, they're mixing it up. They're trying something different. And yeah, it, it, will it? It might get a little long. You know, who knows? But it, it's you know, it's going to be shinny for with with the best guys in the planet. Goalies are going to get hung out to dry left and right. It, it might be entertaining, but it, it's probably going to. Be like, meh, like every other All-Star game. I mean, let's not pretend that these are, you know, great TV viewings every year. It's You watch because, the you know, the guy's bullshitting and having fun. And, you know, it's it's piffle. It's, you know, it's it's like an air-filled weekend. You go and, I mean, I, I think if you go to the game, it's probably a blast. Because, I mean, I've been dying to go to Nashville since they got a team there. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't got there yet. And, and I think if you're going, it's probably awesome to go to the events and everyone's in town and you're partying. But... Uh, you know, it, it's it's just an all star game, man. It's I like I said, I I just can't get mad about it or, or too too excited about it. Just basically a weekend a weekend off from from being a degenerate hockey gambler. Is it a true story? And I, I mean, I, I still don't know if it is. I've only seen it on one site that Ovechkin and Taves are going to be suspended. Yeah, a game. Yeah, have you ever heard? I mean, I've never heard of this. Well, did, no, it happened with Crosby last year. Did it? Yeah, I'm I'm ninety percent ninety. Yeah, it happened with him last year. See, I don't know it, how I missed that because I saw this news and I'm, I think I saw it on CBS. I even think you might have retweeted it. I probably did. Yeah, and 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 I read it. And I'm going well. CBS Sports wouldn't put a fake story up there, but they really going to suspend because Ovechkin's. I mean, I know. I'm putting up the air quotes here, and people can roll their eyes. He, he's dealing with a lower body injury, so they say. Uh, but at least Taves, he missed the third period yeah. of their last game with an illness. He left the game. I mean, he actually yeah. missed time in their game. They're going to suspend him for not going to the All-Star game? I think I think it's a little too much. Now, at the end of the day, it's not going to affect. Obviously, he's one, Taves is one of the best players in the world. And if the Blackhawks lose their first game back from the All-Star break, is it really going to affect their chances to win a Stanley Cup? No. And Ovechkin, while he's one of the best players in the world, I mean, the Capitals are pretty good this season. 
if, if he misses that one game, all right, they'll move on. You know, they'll get past it. They'll be in the playoffs, and that will be forgotten right, about. Right. So it's not really that big of an issue. I just think it's uh, it's a little over the top. No, a one-game suspension for not going to the All-Star game? Yeah. If you actually have a reason to miss it? Yeah, it's it, it's it's stupid. I mean, you know what? If the guy don't – give him a, a fine. Give him a, f- a couple thousand dollar fine. It's obvious that a lot of these guys want the weekend off. Um, you know, the younger guys, the first, you know, guys who are early in their career, they, I think they have fun with it. Some of the veterans do when – you know, they as they have kids, it's something that they bring their kids to and shit. Uh, but it's so fucking obvious in, that these guys would rather be down Cancun or Jamaica yeah. or, or wherever else would, you know. The, Bru- pro- the Bruins already, they were putting their sunscreen on on the bench in yeah. the second period yeah. the other yeah, day. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, uh, they, they'd rather be somewhere else. So, I, you know, to have, like, disciplinary rules and taking money out of guys' pockets and suspending them, you know, for, for something that could even be legit in Taves case, it, it's fucking stupid, man. It's... You know, it's stuff like that where, you know, NHL fans, we roll still rolling our eyes over things that, you know, they have made strides, uh, immense strides in the last, you know, couple uh, decade or so, couple decades, whatever. But, uh, you know, stuff like that. It's like, man, really, you're, you're suspending a guy because he may or may not be here if he doesn't want to play in the All-Star game. And, you know, I get fans vote him in and they have obligations. But like I said, maybe fine a guy, but, but to suspend them is like put it on par with – you know, cross-checking a guy across the face is, is foolish. Speaking of suspensions in the NHL, Dennis Weidman, former Boston <laughs> Bruin great, uh, current uh, defenseman for the uh, Calgary Flames. Uh, Dennis Weidman has been suspended indefinitely and will have a hearing with the league because he cross-checked an official from behind. By now, Bri, you've seen the replay a million times. I've seen several angles. I've had different takes to different angles. I, I, I said it yesterday. I think the, he deserves to be suspended some way, somehow. Because as, as a league, I think you need to take this seriously, even if it was just my, any type of minor contact that might have even looked like it was on purpose. Even if the ref didn't fall to the ground, I think you need to step in and say, no, 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 no. We need to send a message. Is it? Do we think this is going to be a big deal every night? No. But when we get this opportunity to send the message for this type of situation, we need to do it. So I'm okay with some type of suspension here. With that said, I watched the play. I told you from different angles. I, I, I think there were multiple factors that we need to... Absolutely. There were multiple factors here. Was Weidman upset with the official that there was no penalty call? I mean, was he upset with the officials in that game at that point because he got crushed? Sure. Does he does he probably not like officials? I mean, I I, I think that's a, a good bet. I mean, I don't like officials, and I'm not even in the NHL. I can only imagine how some of these players feel about them. Uh, he gets hit. He was also a little maybe out of it for, yeah. a, for a few seconds. He got hit pretty hard. He's skating up ice. He's clearly made... He's told himself, I'm getting off the ice. Like, I'm making this change. This change is happening. His team knows it's happening. And we see so many times bad line changes and how they can affect you and end up resulting in too many men on the ice. These guys know it. When you commit to that change, you got to go. You got to make the change. He committed to the change. The, the team, the coaches on the bench, they knew he was committed to the change. He was coming off. And at the same time, the play is coming right back at him in the neutral zone as he approaches the officials. He, he, the official. He sees that. He's sort of out of it. I'm sure he's not looking right at the official's numbers, right at, right at his back. He's looking at that play coming right at him. No one, he's got to get off the ice. But he then sees the ref, makes a move. He makes some contact. I think the fact that the official fell makes it look worse than maybe the contact actually was. But I, it does look bad. It looks bad. 
and you need to suspend him for that, any type of contact. But I'm not sure. In fact, I don't think, as much as maybe Weidman might hate officials, and I don't know that he does, but let's say he does. I don't think he's out there targeting officials to put them on their ass, right? No. There's no, no mindset this, that any player has this, that, this, would, that would include that. This incident was the perfect example of why, you know, 140 characters on Twitter isn't always a good idea. Because everybody had their automatic, oh, he should be thrown out of the league forever and oh, come blah, on. blah, blah, blah. And, come and on. They, they left no room for fucking nuance or, or any little sort of, okay. My immediate take was, okay, there's no way he did that on purpose because – you know, why would he? Dennis Wyman's a, a guy who the only place he has a bad reputation is in his own end. OK, he's he's not a dirty player. He, he's been in the league for a while. He's he's well liked. He's well respected. Mm-hmm. He earned the benefit of the doubt from me. Uh, other people weren't so kind. Everybody was like, oh, he buried him from behind. And my my thing right away was well, you can't see his eyes like he's OK. He just got his fucking head mashed in the his bell boards. He got, got his, his bell, bell run. He's coming up ice, okay? You don't see his eye. You don't. Yeah, the ref's ten feet in front of him. But if he's looking down, which he was, because he said he was looking down. I mean, I, you know, I, I believe him that he was looking down because you see his feet pivot at the last second. What yeah, I, he does like kind of a a little shift, a, a weird, and it was weird because I don't, I can't, I don't think he knew what he wanted to do at that point. What, but he knew he was going to make contact at that point, so he stuck his stick out and cross check, and what that was the result. What I fall. think was that he was obviously wobbly from getting rocked. He was going up ice back to the bench. Now, that, another thing, too, is that area of the of benches is we see a lot of minor incidental contact there. When guys coming off, they bump, bump into each other, and you always get a – sometimes you see you get a little push-off, a little shove-off, like get yep. the fuck out of my way type thing, okay? Now, especially you see it if a guy just got buried in the corner by your teammate. So what I think is that when he looked up at the last second and saw a body – he instinctively thought, because of the proximity to the bench door, Good that point. it was a coyote. Great point. Okay, like, okay, it's thinking thing. Or no, a, it's, a predator, right? A, I'm sorry, a pre- <laughs> yeah, pre- we, I still got coyotes in the brain. I'm sorry, a predator. Um, so, he, you know, he, he's going up ice. He's looking down. All of a sudden, now, again, it's hockey. It's fast. I mean, even if you're, oh. you're, you're cruising and you're not, you know, taking uh, strides, yeah. you're still going at a good clip. Last second, he looks up, oh, shit, and he just sees a body. You know, oh, well, they have stripes for a reason. Yeah, no shit, but you know what? You just got your head walked. Mm-hmm. It, it's all within seconds. You, you don't, you know, you don't have time to, to think it over. And he sees the guy, and he just gives that obligatory, get the boom, fuck out of my way. I'm yeah. on the way to my bench like you are, like we see often in the game. And not to hits to that extent, but, again, he just got buried. So I think it was... Uh, I, I'm, I'm, this is a, a predator, and it's like, I'll get the fuck out of my way. He, he kind of instinctively hit him because he just assumed he was a predator. And, you know, he, and, oh, well, he didn't have remorse either because, again, he thought it was, you know, he didn't know he hit a, a linesman probably until he got to the bench and then saw it and was like, oh, shit, and he apologized to him after. Now, and afterwards, you know, he's not going to say the press, well, I thought he was a predator. That's why I gave the extra oomph after because mm-hmm. that does him no good to say that to the media. But everybody was just, oh, this is disgusting. And, yeah, obviously, no shit you can't hit a referee. But, you know. There the, are other factors involved. There are involved a shitload of other. Like, yeah, the, the fact he just got hit. The fact that where it happened on the bench. The, the ref wasn't really moving. He, he, I mean, it just, he, he happened upon him. And, again, like, I think he just instinctively, oh, well, where we are, where, mm-hmm. you know, the location of the ice. It's, got, it's probably a guy going off for a shift change. And he just kind of gave the, that extra thing. That's where people, well, with the follow-through come through. I, I just... You know, again, his reputation as a player, there's nothing to, to make you think Dennis Wyman is deliberately, and that's a key word. I had mentioned it before. You know, I, I said I don't think he deliberately did this, and that's part yeah. of the, 
what's going to factor in the suspension. And I know indefinite now. I mean, that could end up being three games. It's probably going to be 10 because— That's just— I mean, because you know, it's the they don't have a number game. of games yeah. yet. It's the All Star yeah. game, and they want to talk to it, them before they it, use it, the word indefinite. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's so many people. I think way overreacted because they were so well, sure. Because it does. I mean, it, look, it, it doesn't. Bad. It doesn't look good. No. And, and what really pisses me off about a lot of things that happen in hockey that we that we seem to break down, whether it's on Twitter, uh, on 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 TV, on SportsCenter, and, and any highlight show that you see online. What pisses me off is whenever you have a hit, now this is a little different because it's an official, but the, if you just put it into the idea of it's a hit that we question in the league, on the ice, we always slow it down. We always go slow-mo, right? We, and, and to me, that doesn't do anybody justice because the game is not played in slow motion. And you mentioned it, that area of the ice. It's a good point. I didn't think of that. I didn't think of, Usually when you see changes there, I think guys are ready for contact in, in that little spot mm-hmm. as they come off the it's ice. Probably the highest traffic area in the ice. And he's going by the Nashville bench. He might think someone's coming off. Yeah. You know, I do think the last minute he saw it was the ref. And I do think he still continued to make contact. But again, the play was coming right at him. He committed to the change. His He got his bell rung. I think he still was probably upset with, with maybe the officials at that yeah. point. And, and, but all of it. I, I just think... The, the body contact, the fast pace of the game, you, it's all facted. There's no way that any player on that ice is out there going, wow, I just got buried, I'm pissed off, so I'm going to go attack this ref and take him to the ice. No, it, and that's what some people try to slow it which, down, give me the slow motion replay, yeah. and say that he tried to do. And there is no, no way that's no. the mindset. And not to mention, fucking linesmen don't call penalties. Exactly. Very, very rare occasions. Exactly. And, and, you know, it just makes no sense that, again— if this was a guy, with, I mean, if uh, and the ironic part is fucking Milan Lucic punched the ref in the <laughs> face the night before, which was accidental. Oh, oh, but was he, it the night before? Or the, I'm sorry, the, the same night. The what same am I night, I'm it was to, later that the, night. It was the same night, and he, yeah, he's like, you know, duped and whistling by. No one gives a shit that Lucic decked the ref. Oh, again, he, he didn't do it on purpose, but he decked yeah, him. He did it. He did it, and, and, and it's like Weidman's become public enemy number one. And, and again, like, you know, I don't think he's, oh, I got, I didn't get the, this call, so I'm going to bury the linesman. You no, know, it's, it, it's, it happened right in front of the fucking door to the Predator's bench. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it looks up, and again, you see the feet move, and, and instead of, oh, if, he, if he knew it was the, the ref, maybe he would have tried to couch, you know, bear hug him so he just uh, cushion his, his collision, but. I think he just see a body again. This is seconds, Dan. This isn't. Yeah, that's he doesn't why I hate have the slowing it down. I hate the exactly. slow motion so replay. Exactly. So then it's like picture you going boom. See the guy. Oh, and you instinctively think it's a fucking the opponent, the the other team, because you're right in front of the bench with all the changes. Where this type of contact happens frequently, and he just did the follow through, and uh-huh. then and then he realized that the shit that was you know was the fucking ref yeah. or the linesman rather. So. I, again, I, nobody wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt, and, and that's the world we live in. You know, social media, everybody has immediate reactions, but they were so fucking over the top. They they lacked any sort of per usual thinking. Per usual, uh, they lacked any sort of thinking. Everybody was so fucking convinced. Oh, he saw him. It's like you don't fucking know that. You don't. You don't see his face. You don't see his eyes. You just assume, and, and you know, it's the easy thing to do. But my thing was again, and I. And I, I Jumped on Dennis Weidman more when he played for the Bruins probably than anyone. I'm not a fanboy well, of Dennis Weidman, but he's a well-respected vet, and he deserved the benefit of the doubt, and I have no fucking problem that I gave it to and, him. And I was telling people this right after because I remember Weidman, 
and you were up there on the ninth floor at the TD Garden. I covered the team at the time, and, and we were up there looking down, and that's the best view of the ice, and that's the best view to see turnovers happen before they happen. I, I mean, yep. there's no better vantage point. That's why sometimes, you know, when they do sit a young kid who's pretty good that I think should get ice time and let him learn his mistakes, you know, get the mistakes out of the way like a Colin Miller for the Bruins on the ice, there are times where when he is up on the ninth floor, haven't been up there, you've been up there, yep. You can understand the benefit of being up there. You Absolutely, see, you see yeah. everything play out, and we'll get to that in a minute. But just being up there when Weidman was on the Bruins, the the turnovers that he would that that he would make, and and the pucks that he would put on the tape of the other team's forwards in his own zone, you could see happening from a mile away. And I've never seen turnovers happen like he made them happen. And so when when this thing first came out, I was saying to people the other night, I said, "Well, you know what it." it Based on what I've seen from Dennis Wyman in a Bruins uniform a couple of years ago, it's pretty pretty clear he doesn't see things too well out there on that ice, right? Because he turns it over left and right. He's a turnover machine. But uh, look, Weidman, I, I think there needs to be some type of suspension. I, I don't think it was this mindset that he was out to get an official. No, There's no way all. any player out uh, feels like that. But you bring up the Lucic thing because I seen it. I said, wow, I've. You know, we'll never see. I mean, I don't think we'll see something like that again. And then a couple minutes later, somebody sends me a link of Milan Lucic in front of the net, you know, throws the punch. The best view of that is from behind the net up on top. Of, you know, they have the camera up on top of the glass. Yeah. Looking yeah. Down on the net. And Lucic is just out front. And, and I'm watching that. I'm like, all right, you can't do that. I wouldn't be surprised if they give him another suspension. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely going to get at least another right? game. Yeah. They, they just need it again. We can laugh about it. They need to set a tone as a league. You can't hit officials. I can understand that. Um, but he does that. He's out there. He's in front of the net throwing his yeah. hands. Doing his I, little I'm watching, thing. I'm watching him do that, Bry, and I'm going, fuck, I missed that. Yeah. Fuck, yeah, I missed that, that, that from him. That, you know what that, I mean? That's when you, you didn't mind he was making $6 million. Yeah, year, I miss it. Because of, of, you know, the intimidation and all the, the you know, the, the mental wear it takes on the other team. Um, but, you know, the, the fact is we, we didn't see it a lot last year. You know, we and, True. And, and, you, and you can't see True. it all the time, you, you know, because he, he's – you know, you, you just got to, like, kind of snarl and show those teeth every once in a while when you have a reputation like he does. But, yeah, it, it, it's good. Not, not that it was good to see the ref get take a shot to the face. But, you know, and everyone cried when he when he, when he sucked at the um, – uh, uh, caught it in the face that yeah. night. Yeah, it was a, a sucker shot. But, you know, he took a pretty bad whack off the wrist. And it's hockey, man. And, you know, I'm not saying it, it has to happen every night. But I, all these fucking, you know, pro clutches, like, oh, he punched me. It's like – No, that guy won't hack him in the wrist again. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly, <laughs> right? Dan. It's still a fucking game of physicality, intimidation, and, and, and yeah, getting men- mentally in people's heads. And, and – Guys are going to get punched in the face sometimes. It was, and, you know, it was a glove fucking fist to a helmeted head. It wasn't, you know, it was hardly a, a concussion. Uh, it wasn't like a guy, ran out, it wasn't like a guy right. ran out of a dock you know, alleyway you know, and just uh, like, lit someone up walking down the and, street, and, and, right? It wasn't yeah. like that. And like you said. And that's what people try to make Pat, it sound like. Pat Connaughton, he won't fucking hack my no. Lucic anymore, no. you know? So it's hockey, man. You know, it's, it's part of the fucking game on the highest level. I remember a quote from Jerome McGinley in Sports Illustrated a couple of years ago. I don't know if it was just before he got moved to the Bruins, if he was with the Penguins, or if it was when he just came to the Bees. It was a quote in Sports Illustrated about a story about fighting just a couple of years back, two years ago, and two, three years ago. And he said, you know what? I think you need to keep it in the game because there's little things that people don't see that we never talk about, that they'll never show in the highlights, that even if they did show, you wouldn't know what happening. Coming up the ice, skating up the ice, chasing a play, someone in the back, takes a stick, little hack in an area where they know there's no padding, you know, and, and and they can do that. And 
if there's no fight, you know what I mean? Like nobody yeah. gets to nobody pays for that. Exactly. Nobody pays yeah. for those yeah. things. And if you eliminate fighting from the game, you're gonna see more and more of those things, and you can get hurt from yeah. that. You can break a wrist. Absolutely. You can yeah. you know you can break a bone in your forearm. You can you can hit someone in the in the hips or in the ribs in the right place. It's weasel shit too to do yeah. that shit, you know. And it's little things that you don't necessarily see, but think about it. He's got a stick in his hand, a little poke. Let me take a stick. Yeah. Let me poke you. Yeah, right. Let me poke yeah. you in the wrist. Doesn't, Let me take a little. Just a little. I don't feel need good. To, yeah. I don't need to come up like a baseball bat no. and hit you. I can come up a little bit, and I come up a little whack with yeah. a stick. You're going to be hurting. You're going to be going, what the fuck did you do that for? Yeah. Ah, it's killing me. It, it fucking hurts. Right? Yeah. So that was a quote from Jerome McGinley. He, he he thinks that that stuff will get worse and worse if you eliminate fighting from the game. And I don't want to turn this into fighting in yeah, the game. No, you want to keep it. I want to yeah, keep we don't, it. There's no need that we, we don't need to do that, that right now. But it's when horse. we talk about Milan Lucic in front of the net, it's something I certainly do miss. And it brings us uh, to the Bruins portion of this show. And here they are at the All-Star break. If the playoffs began today... I love playing that game. I, uh-huh. I, I, I start playing that game week two of the season in every sport. I do. I just love it. If the playoffs began today, the Bruins have the top wild card spot with 57 points. Uh, they would play the Florida Panthers in the first round, if they have that correct, because the Capitals yeah. have 74 points. They would play the second wild card team. They would play Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Florida is in first place. Yeah. Yes, that's no seven. joke. Yeah. If you haven't been paying, to the, paying attention to the NHL this year, that's no yeah. joke. The Florida Panthers are in first place in the division with 63 points. They would play the Bruins in the first round. How do you feel about the Bees right now at the All-Star break? Um, I think they're in uh, a decent spot considering with how the year started how, how bad it, the, the season started um if you ask me like i wrote the other day in october uh halloween you know will you take the bruins well actually actually when i wrote it they were actually in third place they they, yeah. they got leapfrogged the night after but i wrote it they're you, one they're one point behind yeah. detroit for third place we, we, uh, and in second place tampa yeah. bay has 58 points the bruins have 57 uh, Detroit is 58. And some, if someone said, would you take them, in, you know, third place in the division, fifth seed overall in, uh, on Halloween? I said, you know, where do I sign? A- absolutely. Yeah. Now, does that mean I think they're uh, built for a long playoff run as currently constituted? No, um, not not at all. Um, the defense, uh, I, while I, I think it has improved, I, I don't think it's nearly as bad. As, of course, it's not as bad as it was to start. Mm-hmm. You know, they were adding a lot of new parts, a lot of new players. Uh, Claude was making some adjust- adjustments to the system. Um, but they they still need a top top four, if not a top two addition. Top two if, defenseman. If they're going to yeah. make a, a lengthy Stanley Cup run, uh, you know Chara, uh, he's still uh, a, a top defender in the league. He but he's he's obviously you know entering the twilight years of mm-hmm. his career. He he can, he can still produce. He still does a lot of good things out there. But he he's I, I think his days as a perennial Norris candidate um, probably maybe over. Mm-hmm. Um, in you know Seidenberg is much better than he was last year. I don't know that he's the player he was five, four or five years ago. But again, what thirty guy, guy in the mid thirties is not not too many. Coming off uh, of some of the injuries exactly, he's had the exactly. last couple of years and, too, and, and and he's been a warrior. He's been a good soldier. He's you know he's 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 trying his ass off. So you know it's not like he's loafing. Uh, but yeah, they they need to add a, a, a pretty prominent defenseman if they're gonna if they're gonna make a run at this. Um, they're obviously all set in goaltender. Rask is. Uh, up to this point, all due respect to Patrice Bergeron, who we all love, but uh, Rask has been the MVP of this team so far. There've been many nights he he's been the difference um, in in the game. His numbers don't reflect it because he had such a tough start. Um, he's probably never going to get them to Vesna level, even if he's playing at a Vesna level. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been he's been their best play. He's kept them uh, in so many games. Um, so uh, they're fine there. They got the you know one of the best one two punches at center. 
I, I think their forwards, they could use some additional depth there. That's something you can grab at the, at the deadline. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a ton of confidence. But, yeah, at the break, it, it, in the thick of it, uh, you know, uh, I kind of – they're about where I thought I'd, they'd be. Why do and, – and maybe I'm, I'm not reading this correctly, but I feel like the fan base here in Boston, and I feel differently, I, I think, from a lot of people. Why is it when Tuka Rask has a good stretch or he plays well, people always want to ship him out of town? Why do the Tuka Rask trade – to me, I embrace it. I say you have one of the top goalies in the league – you're, tell, you're giving me how much he's getting paid. Well, you got to pay to have great players. Right. Tuka Rask is one of the best goalies in the league. You see him playing great. Why do you want to take him playing great instead of embracing it? Why do you want to try to trade him? Why do I always hear the Tuka Rask trade talk? I don't understand it. I never will understand it. Well, you know, here's the deal. is Every fan base has morons in it, Bruins included, and everybody has a voice now because of social media. So you hear, so you hear, more, more, you hear yeah. more moron takes than, you, than you, you really should have to nowadays. When people say that, though, it's kind of a good thing. It's like, okay, now I can't take anything you say serious any further because if you, you know, like last year, like people wanted to trade him and bring up Malcolm Subban. And <laughs> Subban is a, a good prospect. He's gotten better. But, you know, and, and to do it today would be stupid. To do it last year would be horribly misguided. No, they, they put, misguided, they put you know? Subban in last year. I, I feel like he, he's never played a game of goalie in his life. Yeah, yeah. At was, any level. It, That's it, how that game looked. Yeah, it was, It was. you know, and it, was, it was a joke that people said that. It was just... You know, people who can't recognize that he's a premier goalie in the league. And, yeah, you know, I mean, I know with y'all go upstairs on him. Well, that's when his confidence is shot and he's yeah. not playing good and he's going down early. I mean, if you can't recognize how good Rask is at this stage of the game, I, I don't know what to fucking tell you, man. I really don't. I mean, I just I just tune you out if you advocate trading him. If for what? You know, you got to – goalies don't grow on fucking trees, man, you know? The real conversation that anybody in Boston should have when it comes to potential trades at the deadline – is Louis Erickson mm-hmm. because his contract's up. I mean, you got to make a decision, right? And when you look at Louis and what he brings to this team, I'm a fan. I've, I've let that be known over the last couple of years. I am a fan of what Louis Erickson does. Anything that the organization says about him, some of his stick work, even when he doesn't have the puck to get in passing lanes, his skating ability, his IQ. I think it's. I don't think they're making that shit up. I think that that's a real thing. You know, you can see it. it when they say it, you might. Some people might roll their eyes and say, "Well, they're just protecting them because they want to have a piece left from the Sagan trade." I don't know. I don't think they're bullshitting you when they tell you all the good things that Louis does. With that said, there is a price that is too high for mm-hmm. Louis Erickson. Absolutely. And I guess before I get into trade Louis or keep Louis, I need to know what that price is. People throw out some numbers. I guess I just don't know. I, I have no idea to this point what Louie wants, what he's asking for, and what the team would be willing to give. Do you, when you put your GM cap on, Brian, and you say, I'm going to make this move, going to make that move, here's what the Bruins need to do, have you put a number on this, on Louie, or are you just kind of playing wait-and-see mode to see where maybe the Bruins, what they do in the standings the next month or so when they return from the All-Star break? Like, where are you on the Louie Erickson trade front because this is a story um i i mean i i, I agree with you. he's 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 a very versatile player uh, he does a lot of things that he's very good at he's not i like i said i popularly great at mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't you know he doesn't have a a, a a filthy release he's not the fastest guy he just does a shitload of things really good and a lot of them don't show up in the score the score sheet like you just mentioned um he's he's 
he's the type of guy you might not notice him every night, but you'll notice him if he's not on the team anymore because he, it's going to leave a void. I think if Sweeney could get him, uh, you know, 5.5 a year for four years, I would I would be okay with that. I don't think that's a reasonable possibility. I mean, he's going to be, you know, this is his last chance probably to make major dough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he would he give the Bruins a little bit of a discount? I, I don't know. I, I don't know that he would or wouldn't. His agent is known for getting maximum value. Of course, that's always up to the player where he wants yeah. to play. Um, I think the Bruins are going to gonna go to him and say, look, this is what we want you at at this time. And if he balks or if he doesn't want to be here, see you later. Because Don Sweeney didn't trade Tyler Sagan, so he has no emotional attachment to you know, salvaging that deal. That fucking ship sailed already. You can't salvage the, the Tyler Sagan no. deal. You lost it. Don't have any more emotional connection to it. Move on. Or at least they shouldn't. They, they, they can't. They can't. They you can't. can't. You can't. I mean, and this is where, like, I, I know there was an article in the, in the Globe um, a few weeks back where, like, you know, uh, Neely and Sweeney were, well, Sinden referred, Harry Sinden referred to Neely and Sweeney as almost like sons of mine. And, you know, they were kind of, I think Fluido Shinzawa wrote it. And uh, basically, like, you know, Sweeney kind of took on that um, Sinden mentality when it came to Dougie Hamilton, mm. which I agree with. If you don't want to be on, on my team, Get the we're shipping you the hell out of here, because then that's what would you know with Dougie Hamilton. I think I like they equated to the Joe A's, you know, you know, holding out into Harry Sinister. You can go learn yodeling and play in Switzerland. Like basically, if you don't want to play for my team, I don't want you here. And that's kind of like what Don Sweeney's approaches with with Dougie. So I think if they go to to Louis with a fair offer and they you know they either get a too high of a counter or they just realize it ain't going to happen, absolutely, get where you can from. Um, it will leave a void in the lineup, but. You know, you're talking about a guy who's going to walk for nothing in, in the um, in the summertime. And if you can package him with uh, picks, uh, Subban, or a prospect or something and get a, a young defenseman, uh, you know, a, a young maybe even like the name I think of is Jacob Truba. I don't know that Winnipeg wants to part with a young stud kid like that. He is an RFA this, this summer coming up. Uh, he's a name I would love to see. He's he, he's a big thumping, bruising defenseman. He he can contribute offensively. He's mean. He's he's got a snarl on him, which Dougie doesn't have, and I don't think he's ever gonna have. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, if you could use Louis as part of a, a deal to get a, a, a young defenseman or any fucking defenseman really, then all, by all means do it. And then you know, if they well, if they add some another forward too that may it maybe help fill in what Louis you know what Louis did do that too, but. Yeah, if he doesn't want to be here at the price the Bruins can really afford him at, then cut bait and, and get what you can for him. I have, you know, I mean, I don't want. I'm not advocating they trade him, but if you can't sign him, by all means, you know, get what you can for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think if and and the number I put, honestly, I I can't pay him more than five a year. Yeah, I, I can't I, do I, it. And it, I even think five. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, he gets he's a four and a half per. Guy, four, four and a half. And I know what you're saying. I know you. somebody might give him a little more and all the things that we just talked about. And, and look, I, I praise him. I think he's a good player. Yeah. I like him. I, I, I'd rather see him on the Bruins than on another team. But, you know, it is clear that, that you need to manage the cap. And um, for all the good things that he does, I, five mil, that's, that's the max a year that I would, that I would pay. Louis yeah. Erickson. Yeah, I, 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 underst- I understand that. I mean, where you're coming from, you know, but, you know, he's going to want value. His agent's going to want value. And, you know, we might think he's only worth that on the Bruins, but some GM somewhere out there is saying, no, he's worth six, or if not six and a half to do that on my team. And, and it's funny just talking about all, all these cap hits and what, what, what he'd be getting. He can't help but go back to Sagan's deal. 
and how team friendly. I mean, what's he? Five point seven five mil for the next few years. And uh-huh. then the ir- ir- irony is the one guy Shirelli didn't overpay for a long term <laughs> deal, and they get rid of him, and he and he becomes a you know an MVP candidate. It's still. You know that trade is just always going to sting. Uh, they're, they're always going to have be, be losers in that trade, and you know it is what it is. All right, so uh, it is All Star Weekend. We got plenty of time to get into Stanley Cup playoff talk. It'll be here before you know it, but um, they're, they're, we do have a couple months uh, to get to that stuff. Rear Admiral in studio with me today from Boston Sports. Um, are you? paying attention to the Super Bowl stuff at all or are you kind of with the Patriots losing and you just ignoring it completely no no I'm I I, I was over the Patriots loss um probably about 10 minutes after oh were you yeah I I, you know I don't know if you're a better man than me I don't know if it's getting getting older and you know things in life take on more import than other things you know but I've gotten I I get over wins easy and I get over losses I've told the story on, on some of the Boston podcasts but you know, when the Sox won in 04, I did. I, you know, I was fortunate. I went to the Bronx for Game Seven, then mm-hmm. I went to St. Louis for Games Three and Four. I yep. got to see them clinch all that. It was great. You, you know, it was euphoric and all the history and all that and shit. You know, about a week later, whatever crumb bum job I was job I was working at, I'm back in my cube and, you know, working. And life hadn't life didn't change at all, Dan. You know, like my <laughs> life didn't change one iota, other than a few bucks I made. And bought a new HD TV, and so I realized, you know, the highs. Yeah, all right, never, there you go. There you, got, you bought a new TV right, to get you. Yeah. So there was a little. Well, yeah, a little residual, but the <laughs> highs are never that high. So I don't treat the lows that low. I, I just. You sound you know, like Claude Julian. You sound like you've been covering the fucking. <laughs> Claude's no, getting to you, man. No, no, it's just you know, like I say, it's just you know, in my twenties, I I had a different idea, but you know, you just get older and your priorities, I think, shift in life and. You know, sports, obviously, I, I love watching them, but, you know, you know, I don't live and die with them. I don't, you know, the Patriots didn't ruin my Monday. I mean, you know, they cost me, I mean, I'm, they cost me fucking five figures, bro. I mean, I had, I had seven to one odds on the beginning of the year, and I was standing to make a lot of money. Yeah. So I, I have every right to be pissed off and bullshit. But, you know, I've been gambling since I was fucking five years old, you know. Shout out to 70s divorced dads who had the kids <laughs> for a week and could take them to Seabrook and no one called DSS on you. So, you know, I've been gambling forever. So I, I kind of, you, you learn to take losses and not get pissed off at them. But, yeah, you know, they, they didn't, when, like I said, they, when there's 20 things to point to what the team did wrong and a loss, it wasn't meant to be, man. It's just so, like, uh, you know, they lost. I'm, I'm over it. So, yeah, long story short, I'm, I'm definitely watching the Super Bowl. I follow the spread. I don't read the stories, the media day, that, that bullshit. The, the more I watch sports, too, then the more I get away from the, 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 the shows. Like, I'm all about the games, particularly with the NFL. I, I don't watch the pregame. I don't even go put ESPN on my TV unless the game's on. I don't care about the bullshit, the hype. I just watch the game. That's that's all. Like kind of where I'm getting at with with football now. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl. I you know I think every everyone assumes Carolina is going to roll, uh, but you got two great defenses going. And you know I mean like like Belichick said before the game last week, never ever ever underestimate Peyton Manning. And and the ironic thing is, if they started Osweiler, they probably would have won that game going away last week because Manning was overthrowing guys. I mean they could have sealed it with the touchdown late. You know late when. Denver kicked their last field goal. He had the guy in the end zone. I forget the receiver. He overthrew him. I mean, that would have sealed the game there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, Cam Newton's a, a great story. He's a hell of a player to watch. Uh, it's just, you know, it, it's everybody kind of – obviously the line's gone up to six already. Six. Right people, now the Panthers are a six-point favorite. People just assume Carolina, I think, is going to roll. But, you know, that's why they play the game. Uh, look, I'm going to pick Carolina to win. But th- this idea that they're going to roll because, you know – 
uh, Denver didn't, the way Denver looked against the Patriots, you know, it wasn't great. I look at the Denver Patriots game and I think, well, we all thought the Patriots were going to roll on Denver, didn't yep. we? Yeah, Based we on did. the way Peyton Manning looked. Yep. And even Peyton Manning, after the first two touchdowns, their offense didn't do anything. Our defense, Patriots defense played unbelievable. And because of that, you should be happy as a Patriots fan moving forward. I think they're going to be in the Super Bowl next year. I think they're probably going to win it next year. I mean, that's my early prediction. And <laughs> if you look, they're one of the favorites with Carolina Absolutely, to, to be yeah. in it next year. But, I mean... This idea that Carolina is just going to roll, I'll probably pick Carolina to win. I'll do my Super Bowl stuff really next week. But this idea they're going to crush Denver, I'm not there yet. You can't convince me of that just yet. Because what one team needs to do is, and Denver could be the team with their defense, with Von Miller, with that pass rush. They could be the team that doesn't let Carolina win this game in the first six minutes. Because that's what Carolina's been doing. They've been winning the game in blowout fashion in the first couple minutes. I'm... I'm curious to see if a team and a defense can stay toe-to-toe with Carolina for a first half. What can happen in a second half? I, I really want to know. What will what will happen to Carolina's psyche at that point? Because they've sort of shut it down, and that's human nature yeah. when you get late in these blowout games. and playoff games, Denver, they've been battling to the wire two straight games. Battle-tested. And, and honestly, and, you know, you go to back to the Seattle game, and as much of a, a blowout as we remember it as, you know— that game was within a shitty Pete Carroll call of being, you know, tied late in the game. If Pete Carroll kicks the field goal in the first half instead of going for it on fourth and five, just to get points on the board and yeah. stop the flow, I know, right? you know, that might be a different game. I mean, Carolina, yeah, they, they did, you know, I mean, obviously you go up 31 points, you're going to relax a little, but human nature, you know, but yep. I, I, you know, Seattle's defense, you know, Seattle's defense kept them in that game the whole second half. They didn't score a point in that second half. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, Cam Newton, as good as he is, I mean, he's got, you know, Greg Olson's a pretty damn good tight end, but, you know, Ted Ginn Jr. is his number one receiver. You know, Jericho Cautry, and it's not just to diss pro guys, but they're not high end, they're not high caliber NFL receivers by De- any stretch. Devin drop them in bunches, bunches? Yeah, yeah, you know, and so he's getting it done with, with you know, kind of band aids and spit here. Um, but is but is that going to work against the Denver defense? Uh, you know, like people get caught up in the offense, you're right, and they forget about the, the, the football's two sides of the ball. And, I think uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if if the Denver D gives him a game. Do you like Cam Newton? Uh, I didn't at first um, when he first came in the league. Uh, you know, I, I just you know his reputation kind of preceded him, and you know he you know like a, he just seemed like another spoiled college athlete who got away with you know you know stole I know he stole a laptop and uh, supposedly did a couple other things, but I've grown he's grown on me. Um, I I think he's an unbelievable player to watch. Uh, I kind of laugh that he gets people in a tizzy. And, you know, I heard Jerry and, um, you know, uh, Jerry Thornton and Holly talking yesterday about, you know, the racial component. And it's like, you know, I think to say that that doesn't matter, again, you know, to kind of rehash what we talked about earlier, you kind of have your head in the sand if you don't think race matters in, in still in this country uh, in that regard. And it's not that everybody who doesn't like Cam Newton is racist. That's not true, obviously. But I do think the fact that he is a black quarterback makes it easier for many people to not like him, if that makes sense. And now, I don't know if those people are quote-unquote racist because of that. But I do think, you know, by dint of him being a black quarterback, that does make it easier for some people, whether subconsciously or not, to criticize him and to to jump on things uh, about him that they don't like. Uh, and you know, and then you know, I'm not calling them. I'm not saying they're racist at all. I'm mm. just saying that there are there, to to deny there's an element of the population that criticizes Cam Newton because he's black. 
that to deny that doesn't exist is to be ignorant. That that's all. You know, there there are people who don't like him because he's black, and there are just as many people, if not more, who don't like him because of his antics. Because well, you know the way he plays the game, which yeah, it's fucking 2016, man. You know, I mean, Billy White Shoes Johnson was dancing 40 fucking years ago. If you you know if guys. Dap it up, but do whatever, dap, dap, whatever. Whatever, you know. I, I don't care at this stage of the game. And I mean, they're winning. I mean, they're not yeah. just dancing when they're losing. They're dancing because they're winning and they're dominating. I have no problem with that. Um, and and look, I don't have my head in the sand. I'm aware that you know, unfortunately, race is still a factor in this yeah, world, and 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 it it probably always will it, be. It's not going away. But with that said, this storyline comes up yesterday, and the reason I was shocked was because. Maybe this went over my head. This massive hatred for Cam Newton. Like, I was unaware that there was a massive hatred for Cam Newton. I had never heard about this until yesterday. In fact, I was under the impression that this guy was was loved, that we loved him. I mean, I'm a fan of the guy. I love a good celebration in any sport. I mean, there's a time and a place for everything. But I, I obviously the time and the place is when you're dominating, winning. Carolina's having fun. They're celebrating Cam Newton. I just thought we were all giving him the MVP in week eight, week nine. I was unaware of the massive hatred. So when I hear this yesterday, I'm thinking, is this being started by a reporter that wants a story for the next two weeks? Or when you read Cam Newton's quotes, like, was Cam Newton asked this question or did he come up with this out of nowhere? I still don't know how this... Do like do people hate this guy? I didn't know of that course, they did. Of course they do. I mean, of course they do. He's, you know, he's he's a, a confident... Uh, I'm not... The arrogance not a word I use. He's a confident black athlete in this it's america dude like you know we're full we have a shitload of racists in this country it's a pretend otherwise is foolish like it's just and whatever people can have may have reasons or valid or not whatever but to deny it doesn't exist is of course people don't like him because he's black and and that's not a, a i don't know what percentage of it but to, to, to pretend it doesn't for him I, he was answering a question he says yeah uh, so he, he was he answering does, a question he, well, he I mean, didn't he was, bring this up out of nowhere well i don't know what the question was but uh-huh. he, I mean, he didn't just come out to, and read a soliloquy he was replying to something and i agree with him of course there's you know people out there who's, who who are afraid for lack of a better word of him because he's He's a black quarterback. I mean, and then you read the the fucking letters to the editor, the Charlotte Observer writes a post, and they you know a lot of times from these little you know little old white ladies, and you know they they use words and like euphemisms that 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 people who are inclined to maybe be a bigot use as well. So there's this kind of like a gray area, but. You know, people who like are who in, in closed closed doors are going to use epithets and say whatever they say about other races or ethnicities, uh-huh. but when they're in mixed company, they use these other sets of words and adjectives and other words. So they code, you know, the coded words a lot of times, and not everybody uses those coded words. Is 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 a bigot? That's where this kind of gets, I know, a kind of wishy washy thing. You know, so you have people like, you know, oh, he's arrogant and he's uppity. Like that's the you know, when when people call a black guy uppity. Black people, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a white guy from Boston. Black people, when they hear uppity black guy, you may as well be using the fucking N-word. That's that's how it's perceived to a lot of black people. Because, you know, like, what, what, I can't, like, what, I have to act a certain way? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it, that is a, a word when you hear uppity black guy. That, you know, that, that kind of raises the eyebrows of an average I, black person. I, so, un- I understand you know. that part of it, though. I, I, but I guess... And and maybe I misinterpreted everything that was going on yesterday in the storylines that I was reading on this. But there was and the major element here that 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 I saw when I read some stories and heard the quotes was that Cam Newton wasn't getting all the credit that that he deserves 
and, and race might have something to do with that. And I'm going, well, forget about race for a second. Is Cam Newton not getting the credit he deserves? I mean, we were all giving him the MVP no, I, in I week nine and week ten. I don't buy I, that. No, see, I, that's yeah. what I'm getting to, and that's what yeah. I thought the story was about. Well, so I'm going, see, that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, Are you talking about that shithead on ESPN? Is that what you're alluding I, to? I just read the story on okay. ESPN.com. See, I, well, they, yeah, because I, I don't know. I, I don't listen to them. I guess Mariotti said something. I don't watch that network unless it's a game, or I, I'll watch Van Pelt Sports Center once in a while. So I, I, but I'm just specifically talking about how Newton talked, what he said, and I, yeah, I, I acknowledge that. Yeah, he, him as a black guy in fucking 2016 playing in the NFL, that scares some segment of the population. I 100% agree with him to that, and he wasn't saying anything inflammatory. What I think happens is when he says it, it's the resulting firestorm, for lack of a better word, mm. and then all the hot takes that come in. That's what kind of makes this shit snowball. But as far as what he said, I didn't think it was inflammatory and. You know, I think he's just acknowledging the fucking reality of his situation. I mean, he plays, especially he plays down south. You know, you, you know. I mean, I know Boston has its reputation, but I mean, we're not the south. You know, we, we, you know, we don't still think it's halftime of the Civil War up here. Like, so he he has to deal with a, a different element, and and uh, I think. You know, it's not cut and dried, but it's, you know, when people are coming out and say, well, he, he's arrogant, he does this, and it, it's, you got to understand, those are words that real bigots do you, so it kind of convolutes it, and, and you know, it, it, it's, it, it, I hate that it has to be a story of 2016, I mean, I bet on Doug Williams fucking 28 years ago to, against Denver, and, and it's like we're still talking about black quarterbacks. Well, I mean, uh, look, this is the fourth straight quarter, this is the fourth straight Super Bowl that we have a black exactly, quarterback playing ex- Exactly, exactly. You know, it's 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 just something. I mean, and it goes both ways. I mean, you know, you talk about a a, a, a gritty slot receiver. You know, it goes with the the white guy comparisons go too. It's obviously a, a, you know apples and oranges to some degree, but you know, it, it's like uh, you know, it's like we're still talking about this shit, man. But. You know, again, like I said at the beginning of the show, it, it, this is something that that's, that that's baked into our DNA as a country, unfortunately. And now, you know, with the internet, with social media, you, you know, I think we're hearing about things that uh, we never heard before because we're hearing voices that didn't have a voice before. And, you know, some people are, okay, wow, I didn't realize that. And other people are, you know, uh, shit, man, I'm fucking so sick of hearing about it. I've been hearing about it for 50 years or whatever. And that's, you know, that's fine. That's their take on it. So... You know, to think that, you know, the, this stuff is going to go away, I, I mean, I, I you know, I, I you wish it would, but it, it's it's delusional to think it's going to. It's just, again, it, it's America. It's just, it's it's always going to be prevalent in the conversation, and it fucking, it is what it is, man. Yeah, I mean, look, I guess, look, nobody wants to tune into the Danny Picard show and hear me try to change the world, get no. on my soapbox and try to change the world. But I, I will say this, I mean, when this story came out yesterday, as someone who is a Cam Newton fan— Getting into the well, he doesn't get all the credit he deserves, and, and this is massive hatred. I, I guess that, that stuff I, that stuff this season, this season went over my head because I thought we've been giving him the credit. I thought we've been calling him the MVP. I think it's, the celebrations that they have, I thought we've sort of embraced it. I mean, that's yeah. just, but I in, don't know. I like it. And the I other, like seeing it. The other thing, like, you know. 2016, I, like you said, I, celebration. So keep, let's go. I keep beating the, the internet drum, but it, it, it it's, it's, Everybody, like I said, everyone has a platform now, whether it's, you know, one goofball on Twitter with 20 followers or, you know, a guy with 100,000. Is that, you know, every opinion out there, good, bad, horrible, hot take, ter- terrible take, we hear them now. So, you know, when you when you acknowledge them, you, you know, when you bring them up, you're acknowledging it. So I think that every take, and you could find any opinion you want about anybody. Mm-hmm. You just got to seek it out. And then what happens is, you know, outlets take one thing and they make that the story. 
oh, the, this guy said that, even though what the guy said was outrageous or he said it for clicks or whatever, it, 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 you know, it becomes a story. But you can literally find any opinion about anybody anywhere. So, yeah, the vast majority of opinions that Newton should win the MVP, it has nothing to do with race. But underneath that, you're going to find all these other, you know, competing views and, you know, people sometimes glom onto those. So, you know, you're going to find any voice you want. And, you know, one guy might only watch certain media, listen to certain things. So he's not aware of this criticism, whereas somebody, you know, maybe on, on a, a black website somewhere that things things are being talked about yeah. where a guy like me, you might not read. So we're not kind of hip to that stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, I try to read d- different takes on not just new, anything and just to get well-informed and, to, to, to see the other side or a different side, not that I'm going to agree with it or not to persuade me, but just to understand it better, maybe to help fortify my argument in the future or just to say, oh, shit, I never looked at it that way, and, well, maybe I'll, I'll think different next time. So, I you know, I, I try to read all takes and, and make my own thing and fucking free Dennis Weidman, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know you have a new show, Bri, uh, coming up. We're going we're gonna to talk about that in a second. Just a couple notes that I have to give. Uh, the audience here that that tunes in to get some other news that we are not really going to spend too much time on. Patriots, as we're talking football, uh, their linebackers coach going to the Giants. Uh, The director of player development, Kevin Anderson, he's going to Detroit. The medical director for the Patriots has stepped down, and there are some rumors that Percy Harvin could possibly be coming to the Patriots this offseason. He's a free agent. My question would be, that would be great. Can he stay healthy? An issue that Percy Harvin has certainly had. So there's the Patriots news of the day. NBA, I do a lot of NBA stuff in this show, and I've talked about the Isaiah Thomas thing here locally with the Celtics. Isaiah Thomas is going to the All-Star game. The reserves were announced last night. I told you on yesterday's podcast. He's on the fence. If he didn't make it into the All-Star game, I'd say that's fine. I, you know, I think he's a very good player. He's the Celtics' best scorer. Uh, but if he did make, you know, if he didn't make it in, I can understand if he did, but he did make it in, which I just told you did, then I could see that as well. He's had a nice season, puts up a lot of points, goes to the basket. He's ferocious when he's taking it to the hoop. I don't want him shooting the three. He's not going to be in the three point competition, but he has put up numbers that, that allow him to be in this conversation as an all-star and he will, Isaiah Thomas, he will be going to the all-star game. So there's that. Uh, I'll react to anything that happens in the NBA and the NHL on next week's show on Monday. I'm here five days a week, but Bri, you got a new new podcast you're starting. Tell yeah. us a little bit about this. Yeah, um, basically, well, we're going to be announcing on Twitter a little, I think probably after the show is, but... Yeah. So they might know on Twitter before we even you even make no actually this actually this will be the first if you're you're putting this up probably before we I would we say this is gonna up. be up at about close to three o'clock. Well, this, then this will be the world premiere of the announcement. Then. Okay. Um. Yeah. Starting um next week we've had a little fits and starts getting everything going, but starting next week me and uh, Ryan Whitney, a former NHL from uh, BU and Situate, uh, gonna be starting our own podcast on on the you know KFC Radio Network under the Barstool banner. Um, we haven't recorded yet. We're going to start, I, I believe Monday or Tuesday. Um, we're looking forward to it. Uh, he, something he was looking to get into, something I was looking to get into mm-hmm. is like, I just said, you kind of like, you got your peanut, my peanut butter, my chocolate. No, <laughs> you got your chocolate butter, my peanut, chocolate, and my peanut butter. It's kind of one of those things. We kind of were shooting the shit and, uh, realized we both had uh, a desire to do it. Uh, and so we're going to, um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I've been wanting to do a podcast. I didn't want to do it by myself because, you know, I don't like listening to myself talk for an hour. I don't, so I don't know that uh, that thousands of others do. But uh, with somebody like Ryan, who um, brings a tremendous NHL uh, resume with him, uh, he's he's a witty guy, a funny guy. He's going to bring a lot to the table. 
uh, certainly bringing a lot more eyeballs and earlobes than I'm going to. But I think I'll be a nice compliment to him. Um, You know, he's going to bring an element that I don't have, and I'm going to bring an element that he doesn't have, hopefully. And it's not going to be strictly hockey. Uh, Obviously, he's going to be hockey-centric. We'll be discussed in the NHL. We're going to have... Uh, number n- numerous NHL guests on the show uh, mm-hmm. as we get going and move forward. Um, yeah, but we're going to be talking about all kinds of things, you know, guy things and whatever. We're, we're going to have a kind of an open open thing, and, and uh, it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, I hope everybody tunes in. Uh, one thing, we do not have a name yet. I never realized how hot it is to come up with a name for a podcast. I was going to ask you, what's if, the name? If, if, if your name's Danny Picard, it's easy. You call it the Danny Picard Show. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, w- w- we've been going back and forth for a couple weeks. and Well, that's uh, why you get Twitter involved. Exactly. That's Twitter, where you get it started. Twitter is great for crowdsourcing. Uh, I use it all the time. I mean, there's, you know, there's not too many opportunities you're going to be able to ask seven. Well, who's in the one seat? Who's, who's in the host spot? Is it you? Are you going to be we're the guy kinda, opening uh, up? Who's no, opening? We're, we're like Bert, who's in the one? Because I see the way... Like, I do weekend radio on WEI, and I fill in, and, you know, I'm in the one seat. And, and I make that very clear. Like, I'm, I'm going to be in the no, one we're, seat. Here. We're more like Bergeron yeah, I, and Krejci here, you know? Like, you, some people might think one's the one guy, some uh, think the other one guy. What you know? teams are, what's the first line? What's the second line? Depends who well, I got, put, You're uh, going to have to figure no. that out. Obviously, but. he's the fucking draw. He's, you know, yeah, he's, he's, nice. <laughs> he's a bigger draw than me. But, I, again, I, I, we haven't, this is like, you know, we haven't, you know, we, it's not a dick swing contest. Once a so. week? Uh, we're probably going to start once a week. Yeah, we're, we're going to be recording our first episode early next week. Uh, we're going to start off doing once a week and, uh, and see how it goes. I mean, it's a, a lot of it's going to be kind of, you know, trial and error, flying by the seat of our pants a little bit here. Uh, I mean, I've been on several podcasts. I haven't actually made my own, produced. Well, we're gonna obviously, I'm not going to produce it. We're going to be getting help from mm-hmm. Brendan Clancy and Charlie Wisco doing that. Um, but uh, I, 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 it's... Going to be a lot of, you know, kind of learning as we go, but I, I think we're going to have a lot of personality in the show. I think we're going to have a lot of laughs um, and some good insights, some good guests. And, yeah, we're going to start off uh, w- one episode at a time. And I don't know, if, if, if demand increases, we, we can certainly uh, cater to that. But for, for starters, we're going to uh, go one at a time. And also, if you do have an idea for the show, uh, for a name for the show, rather, uh, you know, uh, I'm Rear Admiral, a.k.a. Brian McGonagall. He's Ryan Whitney, so any combination of names, we're trying to avoid... Whitney cl- and McGonagall. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, we're trying to avoid... That's oh, better. You, uh, you got you to gotta stick with Rear Admiral. Well, so you, you know, kinda... you got to use, you know, you got to incorporate both of us yeah. into it, but, you know, I'm trying to avoid, like, cliche names, like, you know, you know, like, uh, you know, in the slot, uh, on the fort, you know, I, I kind of want... We want to avoid hockey cliche type things, so... My first podcast is when I, we started at UMass... I took the equipment home. I was doing like a fucking women's soccer game for UMassAthletics.com doing the play-by-play, and they let me take the equipment home. This is how this whole shit got started, my huh. career, back in 06. Wow. And we took the equipment back to my apartment, and my eventual producer and friend of mine, Adam Jeunesse, you know, we ordered all the same stuff. We put it together. We're like, oh, we need a name. In the Crease. That's what it was. It was called In the Crease. I know you say no, it's cliche. But. Well, that, that that's funny because I think I, when I had a sh- column in college, I think that might have been my hockey yeah, column. I mean, column. it's yeah. not a yeah, just, unusual you know, phrase yeah. for a hockey. No, not at all. And you know, I, and again, I mean, it's it's not a hundred percent a hockey podcast either. So I, I, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be a hockey name. But yeah, we're we're soliciting names, and um, the winner will have the honor of um, saying they gave us a name. We don't have anything to give away yet. We're not. We're so far from. Uh, sponsors are advertising any of that shit. We're just, you know, going to hit the feet with our ground running. Ne- yeah, hit the ground with our feet running next week and uh, hopefully get some support and, and get some good feedback. But I'm looking forward to it. Ryan's looking forward to it. 
uh, I think it's going to be a fun, uh, unique show, and uh, and uh, hopefully we get some listeners. Yeah, Witt's been on this show many times. Um, been sitting in that seat. You're sitting in. You guys, will you let him come on every once in a while still? I mean, can we? Will you still let oh, Whitney come abso- on here? Yeah, absolutely, right. man. Yeah, you know. Will I mean, you still come on here? Yeah, All yeah, right. yeah. I mean, you know, I probably shot some of my water. I probably would have used next week on the show, but that's a good thing. Every you day, guys will find enough to every, talk about. Exactly. Every day there's something to talk about. And, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll incorporate, you know, some of the Boston elements into it. I mean, you know. I mean, you're gonna we're, get we're gonna have, you're gonna get Perez on the first um, on well, the first show. I doubt it. You know, it's, you're it, not going to New York, right? No, I'm not going anywhere. Um, uh, not nothing's changed with me. Is I mean, I'm still gonna be doing Bruins. I, I going forward, I I don't know. And congrats, by the way. Th- th- uh, well, I, thank. I mean, thanks. Well you deserved. Know, thank you. I mean, for I, all you guys. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, I was very happy for the guys, um, especially you know Kevin and Big Cat, who you know gave up prior careers to, to, to get to go knee deep into this and uh, I'm really happy for the for the guys that they they able to cash out um you know I I as far as me I still got the Bruins thing I don't know if I'm gonna have an increased role going forward or not I, I actually probably gonna sit down with Dave at some point and you know go over this shit in no real hurry right now I'm gonna wear my high waters and say retainer <laughs> retainer over and over but uh no i i uh no he's dave's not gonna be on our first podcast or oh, a second right. or a third or, fourth or a fifth or hey man eight, eight years i've been a boss <laughs> i haven't been on one of his shows yet so you know i'm not he's not on the top of my list to be on um, my podcast well hey again congrats you're, you're not going to new york but you're staying here congrats on the new podcast uh all of Boston with the sale and all that i can remember reading Boston sports at liberty bell roast beef Way back, yeah. It was, you know, I, I remember seeing it there. Always reading it. Now Liberty Bell is gone. R.I.P. Liberty Bell roast beef. How I can't believe it. Every day I drive by Liberty Bell, and yeah, I'm just sucks. like, yeah, because you, you know what? It's, you, I need a good roast beef sandwich. Where am I gonna go? You, you, I gotta go all the way over to Mike's, Mike's and Everett. I know that's it's a, it's a, it's it, not. I know we can't complain. It's not that far of a drive, but. When you think about it, when you had Liberty Bell right there in Southie, it was great. You could, you know. But you can't, there's not even a place in, like, man. you can't even go to Dorchester. No, or we're in Dorchester right End. now. I, it, I was saying to them the yeah. other day, I'm going, man, I could go to Liberty Bell. Where, you guys have a fucking roast beef joint around no. here? What do you have? And fucking They Kel- don't have anything here Kel- in Dorchester, and man. Kelly's- no, I mean. I have a lot of we have a lot of friends in Dorchester yeah. here. I mean, these guys, we do the show here, but they have the food that they have here in Dorchester. Eh. Yeah, I'm going to Lambert's after here. They got they All got right. pretty yeah. good spuckies, but Lambert's is yeah, good. I mean Lambert's is good. Yeah, it's no Liberty Bell though. Whatever. Yeah, I, I miss it too, brother. <laughs> but you know, whatever. Such has changed. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, again, congrats on the new podcast and everything that's going on at Boston. He is Rear Admiral. I call him Brian McGonagall. I don't know whatever you want to call him or what you want to name their podcast. Him and Ryan Whitney. You can tweet them with the name to their podcast, yeah, at, and you can get that at soon Rear enough. Ad, yeah, it's at Rear Ad B's blog, by the way. I'm sure most mm-hmm. of you know it. You'll see it on there. And uh, I, I believe he's at Ryan Whitney. I don't think he has any funky uh, letters in his thing. Or and, whatever. in fact, you should follow at Bostol Radio because I assume they'll yeah. be tweeting out all the links to the shows when you guys Yeah, once we get we get up and running. And, like I said, it's you know, we got a little, little few things we got to – well, you know, early stumbles we'll, we'll probably have, but I think once we hit our hit our flow, uh, hit our rhythm, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Thanks, Bri. Thank uh, great you, stuff, as always. Absolutely, and again, pal. look forward to having you on again. Thank you, buddy. Same here. All right. Before we close it out, just got to remind you one last time, go to beantownathletics.com, the only union screen printer in Boston. That doesn't mean you need to be a union to get something done. Any type of customized screen printing and embroidery right here at Beantown and also the best skate shopping and in New England, bring your skates by the shop on Granite Ave. And as I told you, spring training right around the corner, which means so is your local softball league. 
any sport really, but softball's big. And I know you want to take the money that you get from your sponsor, from a local bar, restaurant, whatever. Take that money, put it to good use, get a softball uniform customized right here at Beantown Athletics. I'm here five days a week. You can subscribe and listen at dannypicard.com. Also, the Danny Picard Show is available on iTunes. And if you do not have an iPhone or iPad, I recommend the Stitcher app. It is free. Follow me on Twitter at Danny Picard. Like my Facebook page, all forms of social media. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm on WEEI tomorrow, Saturday, 4 to 7. And then Sunday, I'm hosting NFL Sunday on Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, along with Chris Price from WEEI.com. And then I'll be back here on this podcast on Monday. Talk to you then.